Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and with Rachel away this week, I hear Cape Town is awful this time of year. I'll be joined by a very special guest, another World Cup winner and current Gloucester and Hartby skipper, Natasha Mohunt. Welcome to the WRP, Mo. Thank you very much for stepping in. No, delighted to be here. Thanks, Johnny. So, Mo, that could be a nickname, couldn't it? Slow Mo. Uh, this is what we're going to get our teeth stuck into in this week's show. We look back at the game of the season so far in the Tyrrells Premier 15s and some real drama at the stoop. Yeah, what an amazing game from the top two teams in the league. I'm really looking forward to like seeing more of it. Obviously, haven't managed to properly watch the game yet, but also to hear what the um, the coaches have to say about that one. Yeah, we've got Alex Alstabry and Gary Street's reaction on the pod later on as they reflect on that thrilling and high-quality club game. Uh, I had the pleasure to witness at the Snoop of the Weekend. We also catch up with Scotland and Loughborough Lightning Centre, Helen Nelson. Yeah, let's see what Nelly's got to say after that game at the weekend. Yeah, sorry about that, Ma. I'm sure she won't be too smug. And uh, to wrap up this weekend's star-studded lineup, we hear from World Sevens Player of the Year, Ruby Tui, as New Zealand claim yet another one, this time in Cape Town. So all of that on the way, this bumper festive episode of the Women's Rugby Pod. But first, Mo... Here we are, sat in the very salubrious surroundings of the Stratton Park Hotel. Thank you very much uh, for them. You're sitting in a, a lovely tweed armchair. It rather suits you with your with your black eye. How are you outside <laughs> of your black eye? Yeah, no, really good, thank you. Not too bad. Looking forward to Christmas. Oh, good stuff. Where are you? With with uh, with mother and father? I am indeed, back in the Forest of Dreams. Yeah. Several times that I've met them, they're in full Gloucester kit. Is that, is that the same for Christmas Day as well? <laughs> yeah, love a bit of stash. Yeah. It, will he be in full Gloucester kit Christmas nah, Day? No, he won't be in full Gloucester kit, but um, maybe maybe a nice little shirt and jean number. I'm not really sure. Nice. Um, their house or your house, your new house. Congratulations, homeowner. Yeah, thank you. Um, no, definitely at theirs. Like a few people have asked me, obviously, now I'm a homeowner, they're like, are you going to have Christmas in your house? And I'm like, no, <laughs> Christmas is for mum and dad's, like always. So yeah, I'll be back there. Fair enough. So house, you've been in a few months now since the summer. Yeah. Who are the housemates? Just um, the dirt. Uh, Tatiana Hurd, Zoe Allcroft and Luke Stratford. Absolute dream team like they're so great we actually had christmas dinner yesterday Did um, you? yeah so we had our first house christmas dinner which was wonderful nice who cooked um i cooked actually yeah oh, very good are you yeah. that bad in the kitchen are yeah you? not too bad not too bad my yeah. goodness oh fair enough so they're they're absolutely because obviously you're the the landlord as it were <laughs> yeah, i don't so, see myself like that but yeah got your first house been made captain i mean you're properly growing up aren't you <laughs> yeah how, how are you finding captaincy no do you know what I, I actually love it like um the girls are all class like i couldn't ask to work with a better group of people um absolutely love them to pieces i think the feel that we've got at the squad at the club is just massive squad feel like everyone's on the same page like, everyone wants to play for each other everyone wants to like socialize with each other so my house it probably doesn't surprise you to know is an open door so like people are in and out for cups of teas and coffees all the time and stuff um so yeah like it's really good fun i'm enjoying it have you had much feedback from from players yet well, i i ask in, them, in front of your face obviously yeah no obviously i don't know what they're saying <laughs> behind my back but hopefully they'd um they'd feel that i'm approachable enough that if there's anything they need to bring up with me or want to say that they'd come up to me and say it um but i worry sometimes that i talk too much or no, um, what you yeah exactly exactly no. <laughs> Um, so I'm always checking like oh is that alright to say or like I will I will try and 
source opinion quite a lot just to make sure that everyone thinks that it's going all right. So, yeah. You played under some, some pretty decent captains over the years. Think of the, the, the two Lightnings, um, Emily Scout and, uh, and Katie Daly-McLean. Have, have you picked little bits from those to add to your repertoire as captain? I don't really know, to be honest. Like, probably, but... Um, subconsciously. Subconsciously, right. yeah. Because I think, like, if you're going to be a good captain, you've got to be all about you. And, like, it's got to be really authentic to who you are as a person, like, your morals, your values, that sort of thing. And, uh, like, I've never really changed how I am as a person or a player the whole my whole career. Like, I've kind of... I've always been opinionated. That's just me. Like, I'm from, like, quite a driven, strong, like, independent women side of my family. And so that's kind of, like, innate in me. So I kind of just tried to stay as true to that as I can. Um, so, yeah, like... Obviously, you're going to see what people do and and make sure that, like, you'll take on board what they do and what's worked for you. But I think everything, for me, everyone's different. And if you try and treat everyone the same, you're never going to get the best out of everyone. So, like, I've always been quite a caring and, like, what I like to think, I'm quite a caring person. And so I think part of my captaincy is just making sure everyone's okay. Like Open door policy with cups of tea. I mean, it's... Says it all, doesn't it? Really? <laughs> uh, what's your address? I'll be around. Um, the only thing I was, was going to touch on in terms of Gloucester, Hartbury, and the sort of wider perspective is no, for well, obviously, Susie Appleby, your, your top dog, is, is off to Exeter to start up the program there post Christmas. Uh, how unsettling is that been spoken about at, at all? Obviously, you're in quite a good place now. You're enjoying the captaincy, the results are going pretty well, playoffs are very achievable. Is that going to be a speed bump in the season? Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I think um, it'll be absolutely fine. Like everyone wishes Susie the best at her ventures. Like again, it's been a real open door in terms of everyone's know knew that this was coming. Everyone knew what was going to happen. Um, they always spoke about the fact that Susie was going to go after Christmas, potentially before, dependent on who we were getting in. If it was the right time for them to come earlier that sort of thing like we still don't know as a squad who that person's going to be lots of speculation obviously but we've got really good people in place already so our forwards coach Rupert um Bird obviously forwards coach as well like Ollie who um helps out with the backs and he does like the ace program like they're all quality coaches and they're all in place and they're staying so I think it's not been unsettling because we know that we've got really good people. No matter who else comes in, we've got really great like support around us at the moment. New S&C that's come in and made a huge impact. So, yeah, like I, I think everyone's just really quite calm about the whole process and just looking forward to what's next, really. But there's no doubt what the biggest story of the weekend was. Harlequin's perfect record of the season came undone at home to Saracens, who have moved above them in the table after a remarkable f- performance which will then come back from 24-0 down to win 33-27. The biggest comeback in the short history of the TPs. Thank you, Stuart Farmer, for that little gem. Uh, Before we discuss the match and the impact the result will have on the rest of the campaign, here are the thoughts from the two camps. Harlequin's co-head coach, Gary Street, and first, a delighted Saris boss, Alex Austerbury. I think we were a bit honest and and upfront at half-time about what we needed to change and a lot of that came down to attitude, application and work rate and they're things that are non-negotiable and and in the second half we got those spot on and it allowed talent to shine through. In the first half, certainly for 35 minutes, we were were outgunned in those areas by Quinns and they put us to the sword. So I think what it really does display is the immense character that we've got in the group and that's something I don't question. Um, And for them to come out and put that 40 minutes in is, is testament to 
to the quality of people they are really, just not just the rugby players there. I thought we played so well in the first half. I thought we'd um, thought we were going to come out second half and continue where we, where we where we were, but we uh, unfortunately we didn't. Uh, Saris came back really well. We let ourselves down in discipline, and they took their chances when they could. I mean, if we hadn't had that score uh, just in those last couple of minutes of the first half, I think it's a very different game. It just gave us a little bit of belief, gave us a foothold, and it gave us some go- something to go after. Those real momentum moments at the end of games, at the be- at, you know, at the end of halves, they're the ones that really do define how a game's going to go. And, and at this moment, this season against Loughborough we, we, we won that five minutes and today we won five minutes that, that gave us a chance and then from there uh, we managed to build momentum I think it was our own discipline as much as anything you know first half we, we didn't give a penalty away for 36 minutes and then second half we came gave them penalties where they could get their kick game into the into the line out and they brought they brought huge energy and they got momentum and momentum is massive in rugby and they, they just kept kept doing what they what they were doing well any any fixture against Quinns where you get a victory is a, is a, a big and important win I think the manner of today is going to give us even more of a bounce but that said I don't think it does change a great deal other than the fact that we got the spoils today we'll meet again in April and then we'll see where the season goes from there yeah it's big but it's not the be all and end all we, we do want to get carried away if we won we don't need to get kill ourselves if we lost it's been a great game of rugby today um this season now all about getting into the playoffs and and last year we're chasing the playoffs what right right to about the 15th 16th week I think so we want to get into the playoffs early and then prep for the for the last two big games you know when I, when I was first starting the in the women's game we didn't have anything like this it'd be 30 people at the game and, and generally just mums and dads and, and friends now we've got a genuine crowd that want to come in and watch and say I'm just watching some kids getting their, uh, their shirt signed now by some of our players and that long term is going to make a massive difference I'm Abby Scott and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod Well, fascinating from the two coaches, Mo. You, you just heard both those interviews. Your your initial thoughts? Yeah, I think um, obviously, I think Alex said it, didn't he? He was saying it's big, but it's not the be all and end all. And really, like, how big actually is that it's to huge, come back? Oh, to come back from twenty four nil down and make a statement like that on Quinn's home turf, like that's a huge statement. Surely, I think any coach will be saying it's not, but. You have to keep your team grounded. I think that's something that he's really good at, clearly, because that team always goes above and beyond and they always seem to keep their feet on the ground whenever they're doing it. But come on, 24-0 down and you're making a comeback like that when Quinns are playing such good rugby. Like, that's huge. How how big a dent is that? You know, it's probably a quite good thing for this chat that, that Perth isn't here this week. But how big a dent is that for Harlequins who... Let's be honest, a, a driving standards everywhere else in the field, around the club and what have you, have been the sort of benchmark really, haven't they? That's two finals now, and now they've gone to Harlequins in the regular season and beaten them. The Harlequins are flying, maximum points, all the rest of it, had seemingly solved all the issues from the final. They looked broken at the end. Yeah, like I think um, for me, if that's, a, if that's a score that keeps changing hands and a lead that keeps changing hands, sorry, and... Harlequins are a couple of points up and then Saracens come and take it like that's a different story and yeah it probably isn't that big a deal but to go 24-0 up and then to have a comeback like that from Saracens I think mentally for them like they seem to be the comeback kings at the minute they seem to be really smashing that I, d- I don't know what's being said how their mindset is shifting and changing to be able to come back and win in the manner that they are but they've done it a few times they did it against Loughborough um, Loughborough really tore them apart um, back earlier on in the season and they, and they did the same to them and like they're really doing something special I think for Harlequins 
they can talk about it not being a big deal but I, I just don't know like whether that would be in the back of your head like you said two finals and then to to lose a lead of that magnitude that's pretty big for me and Harlequins ha- had the chance you know they were literally half a metre away from the try line at the end and they're picking and going and Saracens managed to repel them um, so you know, so Quinns did have the opportunity to take the victory when you think Personally, from my point of view right now, if the roles are reversed, I put my money on for Saracens to, to get that try in the last minute. Yeah. Whereas at the moment, uh, mentally, something's, something's not quite right there. Yeah, I think it's, it's a tricky one. But also for me, like sometimes a bit of a loss like that, a bit of a sting is, is the best thing that can happen. Um, I know when we went into 2014 World Cup, like I'm talking about it again, but we um, lost to France. Talk about in the, it as much as you yeah, like. Yeah, we lost to France in the Six Nations just beforehand. And for me, that was the biggest turning point for us as a squad because we'd just beaten New Zealand in the autumns. We, I think that we beat them by, uh, we had a three game series. We beat them two and we drew one. And we were like on top of the world, thought that we were doing amazing things. And then we come to Six Nations and we get beat by France. Um, and they take the Grand Slam. And I think that was a huge, just grounding moment for us. And it was like, right, we're not there. Like, this is where the hard work starts. And for me, that was the kickstart to our World Cup campaign. Um, whereas in stark contrast, before 2017 World Cup, we fly out to New Zealand, we play them over there, we beat them in their own turf. And then it's almost like that that happened to them and they they retuned they knew how we wanted to play we, they knew how we'd go and we would try and beat them and we'd come and meet them in the world cup final again and then they they have the better of us so sometimes you have to have games like that to almost strip everything back to see what you're lacking what you're missing and to be able to refocus you again but yeah, like you said, that mindset, that, that mentality is huge in the rugby game. Like you heard Alex talk about it as well, the momentum shifts and every every good coach talks about the, the shifts in momentum and those key turning points. And yeah, is that one? Is that one of their season? I'm not sure. Time will tell. I mean, it, it was lucky enough to, to, to be there um, and grab those interviews at the end. It was, I, 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 I think it, Fairly safe to say, the best game of club rugby, women's rugby I've seen. It was just a quality game of rugby, not women's rugby, not men's rugby. Just a quality game of rugby. The 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 skill, the intensity, the physicality. And I know you've spoken to to Marley Packer. Yeah. What, what was it like to play in for her? But she was she was really happy, obviously, for her as well to get a hat trick. Like it's great to see her um, dotting those tries down. I know one of them she finished like in about two meters and all the hard work was done beforehand but um great to see her on the score sheet and she was just really happy like she said that it was their individual errors as well so she said that the first the first um kickoff that went up the ball was dropped there were a few balls that went straight through people's hands and they just never really got a foothold in the game she said they just let harlequins have like the complete possession for the first bit and they just couldn't couldn't get hold of the ball at all and she said they were playing well for it don't get her wrong but um, yeah, they they were really struggling to get a foothold, and then obviously when the tide changed, it really did change. And she said for them to come back like they did, like they were all absolutely elated with it. And I think you can see on the Instagram. I don't know how many of you follow all the girls, but pretty much all the Saracens girls have seen the cheers and the the massive hugs and everything that's gone around. So obviously on Hannah Bottomans and everyone like that, like there's some really class photos. You can see what it means to them as a squad, and that's great to see because. 
quite often we're typically English and we don't celebrate small wins like that. We're just almost like when someone scores a try, we're like, oh, well done, mate. Like you don't seem to get the same celebrations when you're in England as, as anywhere else. So it's awesome to see them celebrating it as hard as they did. Yeah, I, I thought that the battle of the back row was was, was outstanding. You say Marley Pack was player of the match with a hat-trick. I thought Poppy Clear was just... One of those players, and this is meant in the, in the nicest possible way, because I'm in a bit of trouble with her family anyway, because I mentioned her dog and not particularly liking Daxons, but um, <laughs> this is meant in the, the nicest possible way. She is one of those players who you hate to play against, but absolutely love having her on your side. She was all over Harlequins, busting runs, big tackles, rucks, moors, just being an absolute Norse getting in the way. It was an outstanding performance from, from Saracen's uh, back row alongside Vicky Fleetwood as well. A huge penalty count to Harlequins in the first half, huge penalty count towards Saracen's in the second half. And I, I was watching really closely. There was a scramble for the referee at half-time. And it's all sportsmanship, and of course you're allowed to talk to the referee and just get some clarification. But it was, it was very, very interesting. I'm not going to get any more details. But uh, it was very, very interesting to see who, who, who wanted to get to the referee, who got to the referee at half-time. But overall, in terms of 1,200 people there, people there right to the end, outstanding the way the Harlequins do a big game. Oh yeah, absolutely. And obviously they've got their big game coming up and stuff. They really are buying into the women's game, which is amazing to see. Like you go down to Harlequins now and we play there sometimes for internationals and stuff and they've got all the girls um, in in line with all the men branding. So they're all around the stadium. I know Saracens are trying to do it as well, but Harlequins definitely lead the way on that. Um, Everything that they do is kind of like all encompassed as a women's and a men's section and the boys are really getting behind the girls as well and, and like you said they really are leading the way so it's it's great to see that both teams put on such a spectacle um, of rugby for everyone to go and watch. Well it was, wasn't was obviously the, the only game of the weekend and it was an outstanding weekend for, for the Tyrrells Premier 15s as uh, we, we sat here. As we sit here in a, in a hotel enjoying a coffee with the... Uh, people nearby so that's uh, that's the chat in the background you can you can hear listeners dmp 17 bristol 10 you think oh bristol would, would probably tell them. but up at dmp who are beginning to to make some moves it's a good win for them yeah no it is a really good win for them obviously you've got to mention bristol and the fact that they've got quite a lot of their key girls out so they're missing sarah Byrne at the minute um, Shawan, the Welsh captain, they're missing Amber Reid, who's huge, and also Eleanor Snowsill. So, pretty much their main key decision makers and their biggest ball carriers, they are missing. But full credit to DMP, like they've been going really strong for me throughout the season. Like it's the old cliche, but they don't deserve the results that are being put out. So, if you see their games, if you watch their games, if you know what they're doing as a club they definitely deserve more than what's being put on paper in terms of scorelines. So it's really class to see them. And they've got a huge Scottish contingent that's joined them this season that are really making a difference. I know um, they were on the bench against us, luckily, because they would just come back from the Autumn Internationals, but they made a huge difference when they came on. Um, so, yeah, it's great to see like the likes of Tomo in the centre, like absolutely leading the way up there. So it's brought to see that. Lisa Thompson, for those yeah, who don't know. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, it's great to see because she's a quality player and it's good to see that they're actually now getting results. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Richmond at home went down to, to near neighbours Wasps. Uh, what was that? 36 5. Uh, good wins for, for Wasp bouncing back. Uh, and Harriet Millimill's back. Yeah, that's great to see. Like, everyone um, was really gutted. Like, pulled on the heartstrings when ha- um, has got injured again after only being back for a few games. Like, she's 
a quality player. She's an even better person. Great to have around. Um, back in and around the England camps as well, which was awesome to see. And, and she'd gone really well, like a player of the match, I think, with one of her first games back um, from her knee injury. So gutted to see her walk off the pitch down in Bristol. But awesome. She's back. She's back earlier than she expected as well. So we'll see her next week, I'm sure. Worcester, 64. Yep, Worcester, 64. Field Waterloo, 19. We wonder what effect Joe Yap would have. She's having some effect. <laughs> yeah, she really is. I think um, not only just for the players that are there, but also the recruitment. I think everyone knows her as an incredible coach. A lot of the girls have worked with her for under-20s, which is a massive pull towards that club. And she's been a Worcester warrior for years and years. So it's awesome to see her back at her roots. Yeah, she's back there. She's really enjoying it. Um, She's really uh, buying in. The girls are buying into everything that she's doing because she's such a great leader. She's so strong. I, I spoke to Lydia Thompson in the week and she was saying about how amazing it is to see it all come into fruition. The backing they've got from the men's clubs. They're training against academy boys, which is having a huge impact. And Liz is saying like the intensity of their training has just gone next level and the girls are loving it. Um, Yappy sat down with everyone, done one-to-ones. Everyone knows where they are. Everyone knows what they want, what she wants from them. And I think you can just see in the performances, like they really are taking it to teams. Like they put a decent score on Loughborough last week who yeah. were a quality outfit. I think everyone's now starting to take, a, take note of what this team is doing. On to y- your game. Oh. Skipper Mo. <laughs> Went down 17.36 to, to Loughborough. Um, before we sort of get into the, the meat and drink of it, uh, up against some people you know exceptionally well, one of your closest friends, I'd say, Emily Scarrett. When was the last time you faced her in a club <laughs> show? Yeah, so I didn't realise this, but she said in the week that um, it was about nine years since we played against each no. other. Yeah, crazy. We're so old. <laughs> um, I, I didn't get I didn't old <laughs> for that fact, but that's crazy, isn't it? Because yeah. of course you've just been in England camps sevens that kind of stuff over the years yeah so Skaz and I have um done pretty much everything together like since under 20s and I played against her when I was down in Bristol because I used to be at the University of Bath so I played against her there and then moved up to teach in Birmingham and I actually went and joined the same club as her um because we were such good pals so yeah so played together since then for nine years played together and then first time back on opposing teams so that was quite fun so how gutting was it to lose to her? <laughs> yeah. Did you beat her a go-karting course? Oh, yeah, early, smashed her, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was it was a hard one to take. I think for me, the most disappointing thing was we didn't get over the, the try line or we didn't get any points on the board in the second half. Um, that was, like, we had opportunities. We were in the 22, camped in there for at least 10 minutes, um, a 10-minute period in the second half. So it got in not to get that bonus point because I think we deserved it. Like, we worked so hard for that. Um but yeah, like all credit to Loughborough, like they really did turn it on in the second half and, and they outclassed us really. Is, is it a little tweaks then that Gloucester Hartbury need, need to do? Yeah, for, for me, like I think we're in a great place. Like we're still in a good spot. We've, we've gone down to a really strong, full strength Loughborough Lightning side who have got world class internationals across the board. Um, we only need to beat them once this season. Same with Harlequin, same with Saris, whoever we come up against. As long as we can put ourselves in that top four, we only need to win two games and then and then that's our season. So we're going to keep driving, we're going to keep striving towards that and, yeah, we'll see. Oh, God, I'm inspired, Skipper. Where's my boots? <laughs> yeah. 
episode for the Lightning Angle on their win out west. I'm delighted to say we are joined on the Women's Rugby Pod by Helen Nelson. Hello, Helen. How are you? Hi, Johnny. Good, thanks. How are you? Oh, seasonal greetings to you. What, what, what are we? What are we up to for Christmas? Uh, I am heading up north, uh, back home, so to Glencoe on Sunday, driving up. I think it's about seven or eight hours drive. So um, yeah, it'll be it'll be good to go up and see the family for a bit. Well, we may as well get straight into it. Uh, brilliant win against Gloucester at the weekend. You must be delighted. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it was a really good game. I think it was obviously the first time I've um, played Gloucester, but speaking to the girls, they always say that playing away to them is, is a really tough fixture. So we knew it was going to be a, a battle going down. Um, and it was like first half Gloucester were absolutely the better team. Um, they were really physical and totally came at us. Um, so, yeah, like to kind of go to, we were obviously points down at half time um, and managed to turn it around second half and really, really good to get the win. The game of two half, which is what Mo's been saying to me here as well. What, yeah. what, what was said, what was changed then at half time? Um, I think we just didn't have, I think Gloucester just had a bit more about them. They were kind of um, winning all those little individual battles and they were more physical than us at the breakdown really like we weren't um, getting clean ball or um, getting the speed of ball that we wanted to, to be able to attack with so I think we just we just came out with um, a bit more like firing in the second half um, and yeah managed to get a, a couple of tries in Oh yeah Do you think it helped having the speed of Rona on the wing as well? <laughs> <laughs> it will um, Yeah no it's good always having Rona I think to be able to just know that if you get her five, ten metres of space and she can get her head down, it, it's, it really relieves a lot of pressure for the team. Um, so yeah, it's really good having her there. Yeah, yeah. like insane finishes by her. Um, was there anything that was said like to get you to play more for your backs? I know obviously you've got Katie Dane McLean who controlled the strings. Yes, I think, yeah, we do. We've got such a dangerous back line. Um, and sometimes, I think in the first half, we really struggled to get the ball there. I think you guys were, were reading it well. We were trying to put the ball out the back and you were kind of shutting us down at that midfield. So, yeah, I think the main problem was just get the ball to our, our speedsters early and kind of stretch you guys out wide because obviously it's not nice for anyone to defend out there, especially if you've got someone as fast as Rona. Um, so, yeah, yeah, kind of luckily that paid off. But from, a, from an outside point of view, obviously you guys are in the heat of the battle. From an outside point of view, you, you guys, Loughborough Lightning and, and Gloucester Harpy, are those kind of teams that are going to be fighting it out for for the semi-finals? So, my question is sort of slightly wider than Helen is: is how big a statement is that against one of your near rivals in terms of the table and, and those playoff spots potentially, especially down at their place? Yeah, I think um, yeah. For us, it was kind of we knew, like we know that these four games in between, so after autumn and before Christmas, we knew they were going to be absolutely huge because. We'd had a couple of losses. We lost to Saris and Quinns both at home um, in, the, in, the, in the second half. So we knew that we, we really need to kind of we need to lay down some markers and put ourselves in a good place before the Six Nations break. Um, so we've got Bristol at home next weekend, which will be like a tough one as well. They obviously beat us when we played them away at the start of the season. Um, so I think. We've been training well and kind of building well in the season, but not really kind of hit our full stride, I don't think. So, like, Saturday, um, it was 
really good. And I think the fact that it was also the second half that it took us second half to, to get the win, whereas in previous games it's the second half that's let us down. So yes, it was it was a good really good confidence boost for us and yeah, those four points are really important. Obviously, we were all quite downbeat after the game, but for me to put in that first half performance that we did against a quality team like that that is littered with internationals, I think if you count the internationals on the Loughborough side to the internationals on our side, it's very different. So for us, like the strength that we've got now, like the belief that we've got as a team is class. And I think we just need to be able to do it for 80 minutes. So we keep saying it, like I think we've ran Saracens the closest this season um, in the first block, obviously other than the Harlequins game at the weekend and... I think there's, there really is a belief about our girls now. It's just how we can do it and how we can match it for 80. Um, when you guys start pulling the strings in the backs and playing around us, like how can we keep on that? And I think my message to the girls was just like, be positive. Like we've we've got this. Like we've got 40 minutes. We can we've proved we can do it. So how can we now carry on and go that next step? Nice. Uh, in terms of it's sort of again slightly wider for, for you, Helen. Loughborough seem to just be building uh, as the season progresses just be building really really nicely obviously if you change in the summer what have you personnel that seems to sort of be bedding down it, it, would would that be a, a correct op- opinion from the outside that you're just building really really nicely because you don't win anything in December do you? Yeah, yeah I think that's fair um, I think last year I obviously um, didn't play for Lightning but I think they had they were like unbeaten all the way in, in this first part of the season, um, and obviously then like lost in the semi-final. And I think that was um, like a, a massive disappointment for them. So the fact that we've been tested early and like had a few losses, like away losses to Bristol, that people would maybe have expected us to win, um, it's made us really like concentrate on the small details, on our contact areas, and really make sure that we're on the same page as the team and. Yeah, I think every every game we have, we've been like directing little things, and we are in a really good place where we're building really nicely. We've obviously got Saracens' first game back after Christmas um, away to Saracens. So that will be a massive game. Um, but yes, yeah, no, it's it's really exciting. It's a, a really exciting team to be part of. That's class, and obviously, um, big Scottish contingent you've got down there. What are you, what are your thoughts on Scotland going into Six Nations? Yeah, um, uh, it's great to play with so many of the girls. Because five of us here um, so it's really cool to, to have that extra time together um, autumns were quite a frustrating one for us we obviously lost to Wales and just didn't really fire that well as a team um, and then Japan kind of came out much better the, that second week um, I kind of lost in the final play but we're, we're in a much better place I think after that Japan game and it's building into Six Nations like for us um, World Cup qualification is the end goal so every game that we play together it's just about like, improving as a team and although we're not we didn't get the results we wanted in the autumn I think every match that we played together we are getting better and it's just kind of keeping that that belief that we will get there yeah for sure that belief's huge eh? like you guys have got such a quality team I'm looking forward to seeing you go alright last question then obviously name your housemates for us for people that don't know yeah, so I live with two Canadians, uh, Delica Menon and Emily Katosi, and then Rona Lloyd, and then uh, Katie Trevartan as well. Right, so obviously the Scottish link aside, so you're not allowed to answer with Rona, who's your favourite? I mean, obviously it would be Rona, I was <laughs> going to say that. But um, 
favourite housemate. I'm gonna. I can't really win here. Whoever I say, but I'm gonna say Emily Tatosi. Um, for her, like she's always sarcastic and like having a laugh, and yeah, she's good fun. I'm not gonna lie, mate. I really thought you'd sit on the fence with that one. So thanks for actually <laughs> answering. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm also probably most scared of Emily, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I think she's a safe option. Well, Helena, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the insight. Not only uh, we love Politening, but uh, Scotland as well. And wish you all the best. Thank you so much for coming on the uh, the WRP today. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Have a good Christmas, both of you. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. Bye. I'm Kat Merchant. You're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, last weekend in Cape Town, New Zealand won yet another leg of the World 7 Series. Our roving reporter, Rachel Burford, was, as ever, soaking up the sun and the action in South Africa. She caught up with the world's current number one sevens player, Ruby Tui. So just sat here with Ruby Tui. And um, so, Ruby, you've just come off the back of Cape Town, um, as well as last weekend playing in Dubai. I mean, what's the feeling amongst the team? It must be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, um, well, first of all, you said you were going to buy me a coffee. And, um, <laughs> oh, I put you straight on. in there. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> nah, it's, um, it's pretty amazing. It's got milk in it, though. Oh, I've I ordered a long plate. Have a look. Um, no, I'm grateful. Thank you. Nah, I, um, yeah, it's it's pretty unreal. I don't think it'll fully sink until we get home. Um, I mean, you were complaining about your neck last night being a bit heavy carrying these gold medals around. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, it was... You know, there was a lot of people who had to step up in our team, not just um, like playing on the field, but off the field leadership stuff and game plans. Our management put a lot of onus on us as players to um, understand what to do on the field game plan wise. So we all had to step up and um, it's crazy when you get a bunch of special people, you know, not just our team, but everybody in this Women's World Series. There's some special people out there and when you get um, a bunch of them on the same page, really cool stuff can happen and we had a debutante score our game winning try sorry sorry beef against, yeah, against England right, right. <laughs> you de- definitely teed that out didn't sorry. you I mean I asked you about how the final went and you go straight in there with how you played against England uh, <laughs> no, but, but you know she's never never played for New Zealand or anything like that and to have her debut like that and it was just those moments really make it I mean that's pretty scary for the rest of the world considering <laughs> the players you've got at home like two of your best flyers your captain yeah. and yet you're still taking the gold medal home. I mean give us a chance right <laughs> no no it's it um I'm very proud and we're we're ecstatic but it, it takes a lot it's not it's not easy and I think that's one thing people think we do that we take teams for granted or something but we never ever do like you just can't in sevens we try and respect every team we play and I think it's yeah she's a she's a healthy recipe this year you picked up a little award in Tokyo, you know, as you do, and now like you're 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 the best player in the world. Yeah, that's that's buzzy when you say it like that. Um, we like obviously it was an amazing honour, and I, I never thought something like that would ever happen in my life. Um, and I, and I've never played to win awards like that, yeah. so it just it wasn't really on my radar. So I got I honestly got such a fright <laughs> when they said my name. Like I hands down, I had my money on my cap, captain, but um. Yeah, I guess it was cool because for the forwards, you know, like all the hard munters that don't really score too many tries. But um, did you pick up two in the final? <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> you just coaxing me in here to like, just big you up even more. You don't need it, all right? You're not going to get uh, that through the door. <laughs> um, nah, it's insane. And I guess it's kind of cool because I thought there was a limit. Like I said, I thought there was a limit with pay and that's just blown up. And now I just, I can't see a limit. Like I can't see a limit for my personal goals. I can't see a limit for women's rugby. It's, it's honestly like limitless, the growth. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought I knew what we could do. I've got no idea. Like it can go way further. Yeah. So um, things like that blow my mind. Thank you so much for talking to us. I really appreciate it. Finally got to have our coffee after all these years. But no, it's been really nice having you in. So thank you very much. Thanks, Beth. Appreciate all you do and um, look forward to the next one. Great to have uh, Ruby Tui, World Sevens Player of the Year on the pod. We've got them all, do we? Have Emily Scarrett, 15s Player of the Year, Sevens Player of the Year, all on the WRP. You, you must know her, Mo, from, uh, from the Sevens circuit. Uh, great person, great player. Yeah, absolutely. Like She's one of these girls that will always um, be happy to come and have a chat, Like very friendly in and around the park. And obviously, her playing ability, World Sevens Player of the Year, like shows how great she is. Like She really is fantastic for that team one of the understated players so it's great to see her win such an accolade because she doesn't necessarily score all their tries but her work rate is phenomenal one of the hardest working members across the board on the women's circuit so it's great to see her with that accolade and just skill set like decent as well puts in massive shots like yeah she really is a workhorse in terms of the world of sevens there new zealand that's back-to-back titles three of their headline players including skipper sarah Hirani. Thank you. Former Goss. Right, thank you. Good. They're all at home. Yeah. And yeah, they're still dominating. Yeah. Scary, isn't it, for the rest of the rest oh, of the world? It really is as well. And like the manner in which they do it, they just have this um, attitude about them. Similar to Sarah's what we spoke about earlier, but like you can be four scores up against New Zealand and they'll somehow manage to come back and they've just they just play like as if they're gonna win everything and it's it's amazing to have like imagine having a mindset like that like and actually being able to back it up and go and win all of these things. Um yeah it's crazy how good they are. Obviously Australia were good for it as well. Like they played some really good rugby across the across the two weekends but yeah New Zealand Australia is still out in front. England, where are they at now? Would they be ho- happy with the opening two legs? Oh, I don't really know, to be honest. I haven't spoken to the girls too much about it. Because um, on the face of it, it's a big union that has a, a fairly large budget for sevens, really. It's all integrated into the men's. And the finishes, just on paper, aren't kind of what you would expect for, from, from an England side. Yeah, I imagine they'll be disappointed. Like we don't want to be coming in the bottom four. Like, we've, we've done it way too much. Like, we need to now be pushing, especially after qualifying for the Olympics. Like, they want to be pushing for a medal hope. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens when it comes to Team GB. Yeah, absolutely. I think that will uh, real strengthen the squad, to be honest. Then, yeah, we look on with, with interest. Some medals given out this week uh, at the uh, the Women's Varsity. Uh, well, both varsities back-to-back. Uh, you were there. I was. Uh, Eight five it was to, to, to Cambridge. The, the the light blues won in the end with a sensational seventy seven minute try from Corey Grant, the Saris Academy player. Is she? Yeah, I, I think, think yeah, I think so. she's in the development squad down at Saris. Good game, or highlighted with a with a, a brilliant one to score at the end to win it. I'd say interesting game. Like for me, there was an awful lot of kicking, but what a finish that was for Kareen. Like. 
like, unbelievable pace. And I said in the second half, I was like, they need to get this girl the ball. Like their centre partnership of Cambridge was really strong. Like every time they touched it, they looked dangerous. They looked threatening. And then they, she moved into 12 and that was the first touch that she had at 12. Um, just ran straight through. She, sheer determination, backed herself straight to the line, had no right to go on the outside break outside them and, and finished to try really, really well. So, yeah, it was great to see. It's always tough losing a game like that, but it's always the best feeling in the world when you win a game that close to the end and there's no time to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, your captain and coach's brain coming out, they get her the ball more. Just, just while you're here, uh, on a personal note, uh, before we sort of rattle through next weekend's fixtures, you hit the big five zero. I don't mean age-wise, uh, but in terms of England caps, and it would be remiss if I didn't ask you about it. What a lovely special moment for you. Alongside of that, the messages that, that came through for you, uh, I, I don't mind admitting, fairly wet eyes when I was listening and watching some of those. What a great weekend for you personally. Just take us through it. Oh, yeah, it was unbelievable. I think... Um you mentioned it, but the the messages that came through, like, honestly, I was completely and utterly overwhelmed with the amount of people that dropped me a message, like, tweeted anything, like, and the stuff that everyone was saying, like, it really did touch my heart, like, pulled on my heartstrings, and it was a real emotional time for me, like, I'm a bit of an emotional person anyway, I'm a proper softie, um, but to have that many people who cared and came out of the woodwork and just like just wanted to say um was really really incredible like I've always loved my teammates I love my friends like and there was just so many of them that really did touch me um but yeah like it was class like having my family there my sister came um the baker the baker came with her husband uh, mum and dad were there unfortunately granddad couldn't be there because um he like recently had an operation um so yeah that was a a bit of a loss that he couldn't be there but it was just incredible to have everyone there and they don't really tell you about the walkout on your own like it's actually <laughs> ridiculously daunting um, especially at Bedford that's a long way it was a really really long way like but the crowd was incredible so when I first walked through like the cheers and stuff like proper teary-eyed um and then I got a little bit awkward because it was still so far. So I started jogging, but obviously didn't realise that the girls behind weren't going to jog. So I jogged, opened up the 30 second gap that the lady was holding them back for. Um, and then was pretty much stood on the the um, on the cross waiting for the anthems for about a minute before the girls came. So, yeah, that was a little bit awkward. But other than that, it was class. Planned lapping it up, I say. Yeah, but, uh, massively. No, look, you deserve all, all the compliments that, that came, came your way. Uh, all of them meant, and uh, yes, congr- many, many congratulations from, uh, from birth for myself. Uh, Thank you. Let, let, let's finish off with, with next weekend. Uh, we'll just rattle through next weekend's fixtures for the Tyrrells Premier 15s. Uh, let's start with yourselves. Away at Was. That's a biggie. Oh, huge. So at the minute, I think they're two points behind us in the table. So this is like season defining right now. Like both teams will be going at it. Like we're definitely going down there. We need a huge result. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed. Indeed. All Northern Affair, Fearwood Waterloo against DMP. How do you see that going? DMP. I think um, DMP are looking really strong, obviously. Good win against Bristol. They're really getting some confidence up. Um, they were definitely more confident playing us the week before. So, yeah, I'm backing them. Loughborough Lightning host Bristol. I think Bristol, without some of their key players, they'll really struggle. Obviously, they beat them down at Bristol. So, potentially will be their, their big comeback game. But... How Loughborough played last weekend, I think, yeah, they're, they're going to be too strong. 
Uh, Harlequins looking for some bounce back ability against uh, against Worcester, who had their cricket whites on last weekend. Yeah, I think um, Harlequins are going to be too strong for that Worcester outfit, but I really do think Worcester are going to drive them a little bit closer than perhaps the Harlequins girls think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Southampton's away again, uh, just across the uh, A316 there at uh, at Richmond. Yeah, Sarries. Saris for me, like Richmond haven't really hit their straps yet this um, this season and Saris are really quite strong at the moment. Well, that's just about it for this week. But before we sign off, a, a shout out to John Max Maxwell. Max has and, uh, and has been doing for a while and continues to do so amazing work on, on women's club rugby. All the results, tables, scores, all that kind of stuff, up-to-date Twitter feed on his website. What he wants to do is... He wants people to support. Uh, basically, he's been doing this out of his own pocket for many years now. He's running a patron system, uh, and it's only one dollar, I think, or one pound a month. Uh, so they can keep running what is a hugely valuable and very informative website. So do check him out: uh, womensclubrugby.com or at Women's Rugby Club on Twitter and Insta. Also wanted to say a big thank you to Atlanta Harlequins for kindly donating the tickets for our competition to see that Saracens game. And Fee Stockley, I called her once that, she said, who on earth are you talking to? It's about you and Natasha. But Stockers at the Barbarians FC for their shirt, which is winging its way to Richard Venn, whose rugby story we, for some reason, didn't mention last week. He won the, uh, the Barbarians competition. I blame Berth personally. Uh, but Richard has been watching his daughter Maddie grow and develop being part of a team She's become mentally and physically more confident through being part of a girls' squad of Fullerians based up in Watford. So wear that shirt with pride and thank you so much for entering our competition. But that's all from us for this week. Our thanks to Helen Nelson and to Ruby Tui. As I said, 15th Player of the Year, 7th Player of the Year, all on the WRP. Um, but a massive thank you has to go to uh, the utterly engaging Mo Hunt. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem, Johnny. Thanks for having me. Next week, we are looking ahead to the big game at Harlequins. Co-head coach Karen Finley will be joining us to chat about her special Christmas meeting with the Irish champions, Leinster. And also, obviously, Berth's good friend, Senny Nupu, is going to be on the pod. All it left us to say is enjoy this festive season. Please, if you are listening, do subscribe. Do rate us. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter at Pod Women's Rugby. And remember, whatever you're doing to support the women's game, wherever you are, keep it up. Bye for now.